Welcome to the More Than Entrepreneur podcast, where host Josh Payne shares important business and life lessons. Each episode, Josh and his guests will give you insight on what has worked, what's failed, and what it really means to have a more than mindset when it comes to having a successful life and business. Now, here's Josh, ready to deliver you more than you would ever expect from a business podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the More Than Podcast. Uh, today's podcast is super special. We have our second ever guest. Uh, this guy, and he's looking at me with his, with his, uh, <laughs> his wondery eyes. Uh, Matt is a, a phenomenal human being. Uh, he has been an amazing reconnection. I think we'll get into that at some point, just how him and I uh, kind of cross paths again. Um, but he's someone that's super special, and I'm super excited for you guys to just hear his perspective on life. He's a husband. He's a father. Uh, he is a district leader, manager. We, you know, I don't like saying managers. I like saying leaders. Uh, and, and just understanding his way of leadership and the way he communicates to his sales teams um, is fantastic. So I can't wait for him to share some of that stuff with you guys and allow us to uh, give you takeaways to implement within your business because that's what this is all about. So, Matt, welcome, man. No, happy to be here. I'm, uh, I'm excited we can finally do it. I know we've talked about it for a while, so... Here we are. HQ looks great. Got lights, camera, action. Let's do this. Thing. Yeah, like we look like we're professionals here. We're really not. Um, Marissa, who is our um, audio visual. Marissa, what's your title? Yell it. Media director. Media director. I'm sorry. Uh, she just got promoted to that. So it's exciting to see Marissa move her life forward, uh, which is one of our core values. But uh, yeah, dude, we got like the full setup here. It's kind of impressive just how you can go from an idea to, to just doing it. And I think that a lot of times people forget that ideas are nothing without action. And, you know, that's one of the things I pride myself on. I know you do too. Absolutely. If I have an idea, dude, I'm just, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. But like I said, guys, Matt and I have kind of like reconnected. So Matt and I, uh, we went to high school together. That's how we long know. Uh, yeah. Well, not that long. We're not that fucking old, but, uh, you know, that's how we know each other. Uh, and I think we reconnected, what was it, like three, four years ago? Two, two years two ago. Years two ago. years ago. Working on our third. Yeah. And it was just, it was, it was kind of uh, one of those things where it's like the universe aligned and allowed us to cross paths. And uh, I vividly remember Matt calling me one day out of the blue. I'm like, who the, who the hell's calling me from Indiana? Like, who the fuck is this? And I have a voicemail from Matt. And it's probably one of the nicest voicemails that I ever received from anybody. And he was like, hey, dude, I see what you're doing on social. I see the wins that you have. And I just want to let you know, keep sharing them because they're inspiring. Absolutely. And dude, that like had such an impact on me that that made me stop what I was doing. I called my wife, Erica, which you've met, and I'm like, hey, this guy I went to high school with like just, just like left the best voicemail I've ever heard in my life. Like I'm Love stoked that. from that. So um yeah, like that we kind of just reconnected in that way. I think, you know, you got my number through direct the social media somehow. We just kind of Yeah, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I do remember I do remember the day I called you. And um, you know, it's important that that people pump you up and, you know, people that can lean into your wins. And I, I, that's just my passion, right? Is, is, uh, you know, it's nice to have somebody that's proud of you that you don't even know exists. Right. So when, when you, when you tell someone, Hey, I'm watching what you're doing from a distance. I know that we haven't been super close. Uh, probably haven't really had to have a conversation in, since high school. Probably. Probably. Yeah. That, see, I've been, I've been in Indianapolis now for eight years. So, um, but it's nice to know that, you know, the world, people are watching. And uh, when someone out of the blue can just say, hey, 
I see what you're doing. It's working. I know that you're inspiring others. They just, they may not know it yet, but just keep, I'm pumping you up and I want to see you keep going. So that's important to me. And that's something I do on a regular basis is, is if you see somebody winning, let them know that you see it and acknowledge it and uh, look at, look at what you're doing now. So look, we are less than like five minutes into that and that's gold. All right. As an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur of your organization, what Matt just said is absolute gold. Uh, and that's, it's, Simply put, recognition, right, at its core, recognizing people's strengths and what they're doing well. Encouragement, would you say, is, is a lot of that. Um, so d- let's pause, a little back history, outside of how we met through, you know, back, reconnected through social media. Tell us about your wife, your kids, yeah. your, you know, brief summary of, like, how you got to where you are today in life. Oh, man, I'm extremely blessed. Um, so my wife, you know, uh, Brittany and I, we're high school sweethearts. I mean, our senior year, we, we ended our senior year with a, a wonderful graduation present that turned out to be our 16-year-old son now. <laughs> and uh, from that moment on, life has been crazy. I mean, ups, downs, highs, lows, everything in between. And uh, truly, uh, a lot of times, because people are always like, hey, how, how are you able to accomplish what you've accomplished? And look, I'm not this great, amazing human being that's accomplished, you know, things that are unspeakable. But uh faced with adversity very early. I'm mm-hmm. talking 18 years old, extreme adversity. And at that time, being 16 and pregnant wasn't cool. It yeah. wasn't cool to be pregnant. This is pre-MTV. Yeah, this is pre-all of okay. that, right? So I gotcha. um, my life changed overnight. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it today, actually on my way over for this. I was like, you know, because I kind of knew what we were going to talk about. And I was like, I forget a lot of it. A lot of that hustle I forget because my blinders are on and uh, I'm highly focused on being successful, whatever success is, right? A lot of people measure success different ways. Mine was, I have to provide for this this kid, mm-hmm. this little guy. And uh, meanwhile, while doing that, I have to maintain a relationship with his mom and, and develop, you know, something that we can grow off of, a wonderful foundation, right, that we can build off of. So, right, at, at 18 years old. 18 years right. old. And so while my friends, our friends are going to college and they're sharing their acceptance letters to Ohio State and they're doing all of these crazy things and moving in together and, and, and going through that, I immediately had to shift that transition into, into work. And how can I maximize my potential financially to support a family? And through that, over the last you know, 16 years, God, man, doors have just opened yeah. through hard work, dedication, and just staying uh, diligent and vigilant on what it is that I want to accomplish, right? So, beautiful wife at home. We now have four kids. We've been married. It'll be our <coughs> 15th year next year. We're coming up on our 15th wedding anniversary. Um, moved to Indianapolis eight years ago uh, for work and, and things like that and kind of established our own life out there. It's been a it's been a wonderful journey, man, and it's just beginning. That's the best part about it. Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic way to look at it. So, you had, your oldest is 16, 16, but your journey's just beginning. And that's Absolutely. that's super cool. So, you know, uh, Matt mentioned he lives in Indiana. He's not going to live there long because we're going to get him back here <laughs> and, and a part of my team in some way and somehow. But, you know, just talking about, like, the way in which you are framing your situation mm-hmm. from being 18 years old, mm-hmm. you frame it in a way as opportunity. Uh, I'm sure when you were 18, you didn't think of this as, like um, – a way for me to become the best version of myself just a lot fucking faster than everybody else. Exactly. And, you you know, if you look at it, you look back, it's actually a blessing. Uh, you frame it as a blessing now. A thousand percent. But back then, you know, from what I gather, it was just like grit and determination. Like, I'm 100%. not going to be that guy who's the piece of shit 
dad who oh, yeah. leaves my girlfriend from high yeah. school as like a single mom and, and go off and do my own thing. Absolutely. Right? I mean, did, were you, was that ingrained in you as a kid, like hard work, determination, or is that something that you kind of just like, did it just happen because you innately didn't want to fail? Um, a, a little bit of both. So I think when we're young and when we're in our youth, like we're a product of our environment, right? Sure. There's no way around it. Yep. Your environment you're in is what is what makes you who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you mature through maturity, now you're responsible for the environment that you're in. So when I was younger, very fortunate and blessed to have parents that I did. Uh, my dad worked his ass off. Yeah. Right? Still does. I mean, he's almost, he's about to retire, but he's worked his ass off. My mom would work, and when she wasn't working, she was taking care of us. Um, so, you know, it's funny uh, being a product of my environment. You know, I was raised by my mom. My dad was hustling and working and, and spent a lot of time sure. providing for us because we spent a, most of our childhood as a single-income family. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we talk about environments, you know, where my parents came from, it was a lot different. Yeah. I would consider where uh, they came from low income or poverty, right? And then you get to, uh, you know, they bring us up and, you know, watching that transition for dad and mom into well, now I am, now I'm a dad, right? Right. So, but once I matured to the point where it was, okay, I can control the environment I'm in, the environment I'm in and who I'm around and who can I now um, establish relationships with to build and grow. So I think I was I was very fortunate. So you know we talk about superpowers a lot, right? And, and one of yeah. one of the superpowers that um, that I'm fortunate that I my superpower is connecting with people. And I'm not saying networking. I'm not saying oh I'm really good at reaching out to people and networking. I genuinely have a strong desire to get to know who you are as a person, and I want to establish a relationship with you. And like uh, my my heart, there's I have unlimited room in my heart to develop relationships with people. So what a blessing! Like, I, I, and that's weird that that it sounds like that. That's a blessing for you because absolutely. I personally don't have that. I wish I did. Like, I I, I have to. I've had to, um, you know, kind of like a muscle. I've had to work that part of my of my emotional intelligence. Oh yeah, and not be so self centered to where I really. Oh yeah, I'm I'm hearing you speak. I'm not listening to you speak. Oh yeah, I'm saying hi. How are you? You know, and old school Josh was more so like, I'm listening to you speak. I'm nodding my head because, you know, I'm only thinking about what's in it for me right now, actually. <laughs> right. So for you to just like have that innately, well, that's impressive. I mean, it's just something that I would say a lot of people don't have and probably wish they did have. Well, I think in a lot of it for me was through the, the some of the developmental phases of life. I, there's multiple phases of development while yep. we're growing up. Right. You're, you have your you know, the skills that you develop when you're a toddler, you know, your normal speaking, things like that, into adolescence when you start to develop, you know, stronger emotions and uh, emotional intelligence into, you know, young adult, adulthood and into where we're at now. I discovered really early that what my passions were and my passion truly is connection, mm-hmm. right? So um, there's a very good book that talks about you know, the difference between communicating with someone and connecting with someone. And they're very different, sure. you know, communication and connection. But to your original question, truly my ability to connect and not with those. I am hyper-focused on developing relationships with the people that, and I hate to say this, but that work for me. Sure. Uh, but that are that I'm responsible for. I, I'm hyper-focused on developing true relationships with them. Mm-hmm. And through doing that, you will naturally drive their success because... Like I said, when you feel loved by someone, and I'm not talking falling in love, I'm talking really genuinely loving someone, 
in leading them that way and showing them you care, they feel it. It's a total different product. The culture is totally different, right? You know, you know, through corporate America and organizations, they're not teaching those classes on how to do that. They're not. You know, I mean, they don't have like separate classes besides like here's a balance sheet, here's how you grow profit. They're not. uh, No overtime because we got to make more money. They're not teaching you how to connect with your employees. They don't. You're right. And um, they'll do the emotional intelligence training because. I think that it's required. Sure. But they're not teaching classes and they're not teaching you how to lean into your natural ability to lead. And, and through the way I do it is through that, is through connecting, loving, and unlimited space in my heart. And it's almost to a fault, right? Yeah. That, um, it, that, you know, it's not reciprocated all the time. And that's okay because everybody's different. But it doesn't throw me off of my path and what I do and, and how I connect with others. So we were blessed enough as an organization to have Matt come two years in a row now. Matt has been a speaker at uh, what we call our annual meeting, uh, which simply put is just when all the managers from my locations get together in one spot, we do like an educational day, a nice dinner, and then uh, really just a mess around day. But it's fantastic for bonding. You've seen it with your own eyes. The guys connect. They share ideas. It's great. But Matt stood in front of them two years in a row now, and Matt's message this year uh, was much different than his message last year. I I believe, and forgive me if I'm wrong, you you asked a question or you you made a statement. You said – what makes me the best manager or what makes me so different than all the other managers in my uh, department or in my organization? And you, I remember I got, you know, I, I kind of got chills when you said it. You said, I love my people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just like, you didn't say that to like put yourself on a pedestal you, you to feel good. Chills. But it's like, dude, like when you said that, I thought to myself, do these guys know I love them? Like I genuinely love them. I don't show it right in the way that I should or say it to them the way I should. But like, talk to me about that. Like, so, a question number one, do you tell them, hey, I love you, I, I care about you, and I care about your success? Like, mm-hmm. do you do that, and how do they react? You know, when it's yeah. not reciprocated, how do you handle that? Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a fine line, right, between... Right, you're not the, telling, the, like, some chick, yeah, like, I yeah, love, no, no, I no, love no. you. And, and, <laughs> yeah, but th- there's a fine line between... Because at the end of the day, there's still expectations and accountability. Right. right. There's an expectation that we have to perform and that we have we have to we have to do what we're supposed to do for for the benefit of the organization that employs us. Right. Um, it, and then you got I'm going to hold you accountable when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So there's a fine line of that. And then, but you know, and I, I, I tie this back to and you can ask anyone anytime I get an annual review from my leadership. Sure. I always say. Talk to my team. I, I don't want to tell you. I, I don't want to do my, my mid-year review and tell you how good or bad I'm doing. I want you to ask my team mm-hmm. because if the numbers are there and the performance is there, what's the culture of my team like? And, and ask them how well I'm doing because that's what truly matters to me most, right? So uh, I think the first part of your question was, do you tell them you love them? Yeah, absolutely I do. And I, I don't say it in like, oh, I love sure, you. Sure, yeah, yeah. I show them it's through action, right? And you know, I do think I go above and beyond in ways that most leaders won't for their people. The uh, you know major life crisis being there for them through major life crisis in, in a different way, and then just being genuine. And um, you know, people typically can pick up on your intuition if it's genuine or not. I sure. don't like disingenuous. I'm very good at it, so yeah. I don't like when people are being disingenuous. They're mm-hmm. doing things you know not with with a pure heart and things like that. So um, I do it all through action and. Um, doing what I say I'm going to do, following up, being for them, taking, you know, I, I say it a lot, you know, I'll take the bullet for you, man. I, sure. I'm jumping on these calls, I'm taking the bullets for the team, falling on the sword 
type of thing. And that was a fantastic response. I mean, I don't think that, you know, this podcast is about having a more than mentality and understanding the more than in every situation. Yeah. So as a leader of an organization, you know, or a leader within your organization right now, um, understanding that a deeper relationship with your team members, like that's the more than in, in, in one yeah. section of leadership, right? Like it's about me more than saying to you, hey, Matt, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm going to take it a step further and maybe two or three steps further. And, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to show you, like you said, show you my actions. I might send you flowers. I'm going to call and talk to you two or three. I'm going to call you every day and see how you're doing, right? Like it's not just the top level stuff. And I think that as we get deeper and deeper into our podcast, you know, um, as these progress, just FYI, this won't be the last time Matt's on here. As you can tell, he's fantastic. But like that is part of the more than mission. Like oh my that's God, just yeah. a tiny part, but that's part of it. The, so um, when, when you really care about someone, you know, from a leadership perspective, you care more about than just their performance as an individual, right? So, mm -hmm. and, so the more than mentality is like, how can you empower them to know that they're more than just their role? So uh, I think at the first one I spoke at, because I've, le I've been very fortunate to lead frontline partners, operations right. folks, laborers, up into to, you know, high-performing salespeople. I've been very fortunate to have everywhere in between. Yep. And one of the things in the industry that I'm in is uh, the frontline partner, they feel like trash people. And, mm -hmm. and there was this, uh, you know, companies, when we would come into service, you know, we provide confidential document destruction to these individuals or the customer, and we're bringing in, you know, these big plastic, they look like trash cans. Yeah. So people would say, oh, the trash guy's here. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with, with people in the trash industry, because that's a very good career to be in, yeah. by the way. Um, but to these people, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a trash man. I, I am a, you know, I'm a confidential information specialist, and mm. I specialize, in, and I'm more than what you're, what you're saying. I'm not yeah. just here to take out the trash. Yeah. So when you get in front of them and say, hey, look, you, you need to understand why you're here and why you're doing what you're doing, why we have the position that you're in, you are literally responsible for the most confidential information inside this. They're paying us to remove this for a reason. If this information was to get out, it could cost an organization millions of dollars. How important Can we, let me pause. Let's pause. Because, and, and tell you want to keep going, throw something at me. I'm going to say what you did. That's called framing, right? You, you, who did, was that self-taught? Yeah. Like calling them something different than like trash men or like, you know, like the main industry I'm in is moving. So I hate when people say like, I'm just a mover. I'm just a driver. I just pick shit up. I just put shit down. You learned very quickly, I'm assuming, that you have to frame what they do Absolutely. in a way that makes them understand the level of importance of their job. Without them, we are nothing. Period. And True. what was the term you used? Frontline partner? partner. Frontline partner. Like that's gold. Again, that's a nugget. Frame the way in which your frontline yeah. team members, right? Your operational staff, if you own a restaurant, your cooks, your bussers, right? Like figure out a way to un make them understand, number one, that they are more than, but number two, like literally put terms to it so they speak differently, yeah. right? I mean, one of the things I've talked about before uh, is the way in which we don't call like, – so whenever we book a move, we don't say we booked a move. We say we helped a family, yeah. right? And doing that it's one little thing – changes, man. Dude, it's insane. Yeah. So, like, you just talking about that, it's just like ring, 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 ring. And anybody listening to this who owns an organization who is an entrepreneur in charge of frontline partners, you mm -hmm. better start thinking of them that way because, like you said, without them – they're nothing. We, so. Yeah, we have nothing. We have nothing. And, and 
you know, I'm sure you experienced this in, in, in your industry is those are the hardest employees to retain because oh, someone's yeah. going to pay them 25 cents more, they're gone, right? So if you can develop The grass that, is always that, greener. It's always greener. Always greener with, 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 always. with, with, with the frontline partners. Yeah. It always is because generally speaking, they've got the laborers, labor-intensive jobs, right? Yeah. Like they got the jobs that nobody else wants. Yeah. And let's be honest, most of the time those individuals are the people who've had trouble past or they have difficulties getting hired at other organizations. So for you, just calling them a frontline partner, hey, they're already part of the team. Yeah. We're, we're in this together. Dude, you're already getting buy-in. Yeah which means they want to stay, so it helps with retention. And retention does suck in most industries where it's a labor-intensive job because it's hard. Nobody else wants to do it. And, you know, you don't know if they're coming or going the next day. Yeah. You know, how many times I'm sure you've dealt with, they just don't show up or whatever. Oh, it might be, no, trust right? me. Trust me. But, I dude, when it's like, hey, we're partners, man. I need you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for being here today, partner. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow, but, right? When they can establish just how important their, their job is or their role, their position in the organization, <clears throat> And, and if you can create that culture, I go back to culture a lot. I talk about, I'll say culture 35 more times before this is over, but um, it's your culture and the culture that you create as a leader. It's not the organization's culture. The core values are important, and that's what we build off of, but really it's the individual culture that you've built as a team. It's totally different. So like if you take, wow. if you take my team and compared it to another team inside my organization, it would be totally different. And uh, in the way that we operate, and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, other teams will join other teams' calls when their leaders are on vacation. Okay. And my team has joined other leaders' calls, and, and look, my peers are awesome. I love every single one of them. Sure. And, and they're all really good at what they do. They're all hyper successful. But their cultures are different. It's not bad. It's, their culture is not a bad culture. It's just different than the culture that I have. But. You know, it's very important that the culture that you have is it's a winning culture because it's important that, you know, we sure. have numbers we all want to win. But it's also a culture where they feel they're part of I'm big on family. I treat my mm-hmm. whole team like they're family and I love them. So, um, well, in order to love so, I mean, you know, I mean, in order for them to feel that, like you have to create that team atmosphere, right? Like you say you use the word culture a lot. In my mind and in my, my world, culture is the, the most important thing. Yeah. Like it's it's called our core values dictate our culture, mm-hmm. and when you're breaking our culture, your disruption within our culture, you are a cancer, and you do not last long. You may get a chance or two chances, mm-hmm. but you're not getting more than that, yeah. right? So yeah, understanding that. So so I want to make sure I understood you right. What so what you're saying is high level leaders understand to take the core values of an organization. So like my company, we have six core values. Very important. What you're saying is if you're a leader within a team that has core values, you take those, you frame them in a way that fits the culture you want to create, right? So it's a culture within a culture. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, and I'll give you, I'll give you an example in in my world. When I was a, um, I no longer manage, uh, you know, I no longer manage uh, new business salespeople. Now I'm managing, we're managing large customers to grow their existing business. How many people do you manage right now? So I have have eight direct reports now. Okay. And we're responsible for, um, from Indiana, all the way over to New York, Mm -hmm. down to North Carolina. We have probably 40 operations in between there and customers in all of those states. And don't be shy. I mean, how much revenue are you in charge of? Uh, Not shy at all. So uh, we're over 20 million. Yeah. So it's a big deal. I mean, it's not, it's not some piddly operation, right? Everybody has very like... 
you know, meaningful roles to keep a major organization afloat. So you're not talking about doing this and creating this type of culture at a mom and pop type organization. We're we're talking multi, like we have multi-million dollar uh, healthcare customers, like customers that spend $3 million with us a year or or in some of their books of business. But, um, but I'll give you another example is if you look at sales teams, inside an organization and you see the ones that are highly successful and the ones that aren't or then the ones that are in the middle of the road they're not they're not producing at a high level but they're also not losing money for the organization and if you set in on their meetings and you set in with the the leader that's in the role Mm -hmm. they may be following the core values in all of them and that they may have them on the wall and they may talk about them and they and typically and I you know a lot of times we would uh, on our on our weekly meetings we would talk about a core value just to make it you know relevant and, and yeah. to keep talking about it but their culture as a leader and as a person in the environment the sales pit is like we, we like to call it is totally different it's totally different so, the so two, it's like a two-faced leadership kind yeah, of right like, totally different so like you would come into mine um, people you would come to my sales meeting we're going to train a topic uh, we'll talk about all of the things that we're supposed to talk about. But when the meeting's over and the guys go to the sales pit, guy and girls, when they go to the sales pit, it's an environment where everyone's comfortable, they feel safe, they can be themselves, mm-hmm. and they know that if they produce and perform, they're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I'm there. I'm with them. And, like, I would sit – I don't sit in an office yeah. when I'm with my – I sit out there with them. And – um it's one of the things that, that I know a lot of others don't do this, but when they're out there making the calls, I'm just sitting out there working. And it's mm-hmm. not that I'm watching them. They know that I'm not micromanaging Sure. Them. So another phrase I've coined is micro support. I micro support you. I won't micromanage you. I'll, I'll give you as much support as you want. Yeah. Um, I'll hover over you and, and, and I'll, I'll give you as, I'll micro support you if you need me sure. to until you're ready to fly. Right. Yeah. But um, so that's what I mean by. Core values are important. Every organization should have them. If they don't, they're they're missing the boat. And sure. then, obviously, a mission statement. But you also have to have your own culture. Like, so for you, for example, you, you have eight franchises now, about to be 10, or you have nine about to be uh, About to be 11, actually. 11. Get it right, thanks. I, no, I just, I, no that's, that's why I asked. If you went into, and, I, and I've met all of your leaders, I, at least I think I have most, met yeah. all of them, or most, and uh, they're all individually different. Right. So if they can have an environment where they can be themselves, build their own culture while abiding by your core values, dude, it's if you went to your highest performing, I bet that's what they got going on. I would I would 100 percent agree. And I, I mean, I would almost I almost said I would guarantee that's that's what's going on. So uh, I'm very much so like you. What's the term you used? You said micro support. support. I might have to start using that. I have, a, I, I have a question about that uh, yeah. once we get there. But. Uh, I, w- I couldn't agree more because, you know, my adage to my top line leadership team, right, um, is that it is not my responsibility to create your culture. It is your responsibility to create the culture based on your expectations. Mm-hmm. You understand the expectations of the organization and what our core values are. Mm-hmm. It is your job to take those and create something, a world Right, because yeah. we have franchise. I have franchises in five different states. Right, so a good culture in Texas is a lot different than a good culture in 
Virginia oh, or totally in different. freaking, you know, here in Ohio, right? It's different, right? People's personalities are different. The way in yeah. which they want to be communicated to is differently. That doesn't change what our core values are and what our mission statement is as an organization. Mm-hmm. But it is not my job to tell you what type of culture to create. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. The best people on my team, and they're all very good, but the, the, the cream of the crop, dude, they got like their own little mini army yeah. at their locations yeah. that will go to war and run through a wall for them, for them. not for exactly. Josh. That's right. It is not for Josh. It is for right. the, the leader of that location. Yeah. And sure, some of them just take our core values and, you know, they, they introduce them and, you know, they do a really good job of communicating those and, like, making sure that um, that we're following them, you know, kind of like not very creative or whatever it might yeah. be, right? But, dude, you're absolutely right. Like, you have to find a way to connect with the individuals that you're specifically responsible for and then create a vision or create a narrative that encompasses the core values, but encompasses a way for you guys to get out and win. People, everyone wants to be led, but everyone wants to be led differently. So it's your responsibility as the leader to determine how can I lead everyone in their own way and create a culture. So like my culture with my current team is different than the culture I had with with the team I had before this. It's important. It's totally different. I've, I've established it in individual relationships with my team because um, my team's 100% remote. I have, I have one person that is in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, everyone else is in other states. But So I've developed individual relationships with them through connecting and being genuine and doing it with intention. Um, and I've developed a, a totally different culture. So what what's you your s- question on micromanaging well, and micro support? No, it's not a question between the two. My question is, when do you stop the micro support? So where I struggle sometimes is knowing when to draw the line for support. Yeah. Okay. So there are times where I think, you know, every, every leader, like as I was up and coming, I'm like, you just said, you're a different leader with your past team just because you had to be right. You have to be a chameleon and change the yeah, way totally that you different. have different people. Um, I would just say from maturity, I'm a completely different leader than I was five years ago. Right. Oh, so Josh, five years ago would be more micromanage, less like assistance and help. I'm more like go do. And then I'm going to like stare over your shoulder and make sure you do it the right way. Several reasons. I was scared to death we would fail. I wanted to make sure it got done right. Like all the reasons that everybody does that shit. Now what I find myself doing is at times not knowing when to stop providing mm-hmm. that micro assistance and yeah. knowing when to be like, hey, you got to go fly now. That's exactly right. So how do you? So um, I thought you were going to ask me this. So let me at least answer a question that you didn't ask. So uh, and then I'm going to answer the question you just asked. So I, it's I'm, your show, Matt. I, I'm mentoring. I'm mentoring a, a guy who's um, trying to get into leadership, and I, I, mm-hmm. he just interviewed. I, I think he's going to get it. Um, he said, "Well, what's the difference between micromanagement and micro support?" And I said, "The easiest way to tell you the difference between micromanagement and micro support is, I so whenever I hire a new person, I tell them that, hey, I'm going to micro support you. I'm not going to micromanage you.'" Mm-hmm. So here's what that looks like. I'm going to call you on Tuesday. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to call you on Tuesday, but I'm going to call you on Tuesday when it's your responsibility to be in the field hunting new business. And what I'm going to say is, hey, how's the day going? How can I support you? What, how can I help? Versus, hey, how's the day going? What have you done? Where are you at? What are you doing now? Such and such and such mm-hmm. and such. So to answer the question that you asked me, when, when is it time? Because you can't support them forever. You always support, but sure. you can't micro-support, sure. right? Yeah, I'm always available. My, yeah. You always have my number. Um, yeah, I think that that but, needs to be said. There's a big difference in what you're saying. What Matt's saying is micro-support. Like, be that guy who's kind of like at their beck and call 
likely when they're new hires new or hires. in a new position, right? Yep. Not when they've been there for 10 years and they just want to be fucking lazy. They know the answer. They just don't want to go look they for just themselves. Don't want to do it right. So there's a big difference. But And so I'm very good, and I'm sure you are too. I'm good at um, when, you, when there's habits, when you start to see habits being like, okay, yeah. this has become a habit now. Like you're not trying. Um, and that's when it's like you go back to the foundation of expectations and accountability. Hey, look, I, I've, I'm trying, I, I've supported you through this for way too long. Like at this point, is it, is it a can't do or a won't do? You can't do something or you're just choosing not to do it, right? That's awesome. So once yeah. you figure out, okay, this is, it's not, because as a leader, if you can't do something, then it's, I didn't train you well enough. And then let's do some additional training to get you to where you need to be. But if you know how to do it and you're just choosing not to, that's a total different, that's a total mm-hmm. different thing. So you really got to establish, all right, there's habits Habits are being performed. This has become a habit now. Is it can't do, won't do. And then once you establish that, then you just do your progressive disciplinary. You, you follow the structure yeah. that's already been yeah, put in place. Yeah, it's like, all right, here we go. And I think that that's important to hit on too, is like in order to really create the culture that, you know, that you want your team to thrive in and that everyone's visions for their dreams can fit within like, mm-hmm. you know, yours, you do have to have systems, processes. You have to have, uh, you know, part of culture is a culture of accountability, Right. One of my biggest things is I'm accountable to you. If you're on my team, I'm accountable to you. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And you better bet your ass. You tell me you do something. I'm going to hold you accountable to it, too. Right. So a culture of accountability. But, you know, like you said, just following like the progressive. I hate I even hate like saying that stuff. I hate (laughs) do like I hate HR stuff with a passion. But it's like progressive discipline. I just, I just don't want to be. I just don't want to. Yeah. Do it. Just, well, I just want to make sure anybody listening, like, understand you have to have something like that in place to do exactly what Matt yeah. just said. Yeah. Because at some point you have to stop the micro assistance, right? Micro support. Micro support. I'm sorry, I've been saying it wrong. Micro support uh, and let them fly on their own. Yeah. So make sure you have something like that set well, up to cover your ass, too. You it, just don't want to be like, hey, get out of here. You're an idiot. Well, and also you, you then put them at a disadvantage if you don't let them start to do it on their own. Like if they get used to it, yeah. Now you now they're at a disadvantage because you haven't given them the opportunity to develop the skill to learn it on their own. Yeah, you're, um, you're bottlenecking their potential success in their growth. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. so and actually I'll give you an example of how that happened to me. When I was first coming up through, um, you know, kind of getting promoted and, and figuring it out, and because uh, I was a, I was a driver, I was a truck driver. I, I am. I'm still a truck driver. Yeah. I will always be just a truck driver. Um, a, in a shred specialist. And when, when the leadership started to see that there was more with me, I'm more than what I was, mm-hmm. and started giving me the oppor- these opportunities, I moved to Indianapolis. So I, I'd been promoted a couple times, and then I moved to a whole different market to take over a market um, to join that team where the market was uh, known inside the organization to not be very good. Okay. <laughs> like, it, was, it was a troublesome market. Uh, churning through leaders and they needed something and someone to come in. And I'm not saying I was the hero, but sure. I jumped at the opportunity. I, I moved my family. We were 20, we were in our early twenties, moved them across state lines. I yep. took everybody away. My wife had a successful photography business. We shut it down yep. so we could go do this. And, um, but the micro support problem for me, we get there and now it's like, all right, it's time for Matt to fly. Yeah. You're not, you're not with the team that brought you up. And uh, he's still one of my favorite leaders of all. James Lillis, I'll say his name on here. I'll get him to watch this. He um, he was the first one to really show me like you're more than what you are. But yeah. so when I get to Indy, I 
at being immature and, and figuring it out, I was like, oh, cool. Who's the new guy that's going to support me and get me to the next level? Yeah. Who, who's that? Well, guess what? There wasn't one. Yeah. And, and, um, and I'll never forget, we had a senior leader come into town, um, really great guy. I had a relationship with him from Cincinnati. And uh, he, I pulled him aside. You know, very, very immature move on my part sure. now. But I pulled him aside and I said, hey, you know, I'm just not getting the development that I got in Cincinnati. And he, and he straight up goes, well, did you ask for it? Ooh. And I was like, no, I didn't. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't. I just assumed that because, you know, I, I was so supported in Cincinnati and they really, really – I was super fortunate and blessed to have that team – but now I'm not. I'm on my own now, and yep. it's like you have to take the responsibility, and um, and it was kind of an eye-opening moment for me. And so I was like, "Oh shit, well, crap!" You know, I didn't. Um, I just thought that it would come. And then, fast forward. This was probably a year ago. That same senior leader, who has now since been promoted even higher, he, sure. he's like next. You know, um, he's as high as you can get almost. Uh, I said, Hey, and I pulled, now I pulled him aside again and said, Hey, I want you to know that like, that was a profound moment for me that really it's my responsibility to take into my development. Yeah. You know, I have to do it myself. I can't count on someone to micro support me all the time. Yeah. So now like since that moment, it's like, okay, you got to let people fly and they yeah. got to, they got to figure it out on their own at some point. Right. At some and, point. And, they gotta and do finding it. that line I think is important. Yeah. And that guy probably knew enough about you. And like, you yeah. know, you coming where you came from and being in the opportunity you're in to probably know he could look at you and say that. And he did. And he didn't yeah. hesitate. <laughs> yeah. He was like, look, did you ask? What are you what are you doing for your own development? Yeah. Because I think um, there and, and I'll tell you this, you know, when I was younger, I don't really think so now, but there is a sense of entitlement that you get when you start to get promoted. And, yep. and I was young. I, I mean, I was in my early 20s, and now I'm managing individuals that are 10, 15 years older than me. Um, th- I wasn't arrogant, sure. but there was a sense of entitlement like, oh, well, I, of course I'm going to be the next general manager. Duh. Duh. I, yeah. I, I was a supervisor, yeah. and now I'm this, and it only took me a year, and now I'm this, or you know, whatever. And, um, you know, that sense of entitlement, I was really humbled and kind of grounded uh, by him. Like, hey, no. Nah. You know, you got to, you kind of got to do it yourself. Well, dude, do you find like, what's the, what's the age group of um, individuals that you lead on your team right now? Is it just like a wide array? Are they younger? Uh, let's see. So the youngest person <coughs> on my team is 30, I think he's 34. Okay. And the oldest person on my team is in their 60s. Okay. So you have a, a very wide, that's a wide age gap, dude. Especially oh, yeah. like, and I would say based on like today's workforce, that's probably on like the older side of like people from a median age, right? I mean, oh, yeah. most people, you know, most individuals like um, in larger corporations, you know, you usually you find the guys are like 22, 23, like, you know, trying to work their way up or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, so I think that's super cool that you get to like yeah. lead people, yeah. which could lead us to, down a completely different path. Like, hey, tell us how you lead individuals who are 25 years older than you, right? We could do that. We'll do that another time because I think that's really a, oh, an dude, interesting I, topic. I have so much I could share with you. Yeah, like, right. Because you're a young I'm leader, to stay right? On you're your 36. Topic and not, I'm trying to stay. Dude, on your we don't topic. have topics on the. <laughs> we're not. We don't do topics. I think that what I want people to hear through the podcast is that like what you, what we'll never be on any show that that like we that we host or have you know anybody a part of is just not going to be some like structured bullshit like. Yeah. 
hey, you went off script. No, I'm not yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. stuff. I can't stand that. Well, I, I just think um, one of the things I talked about, and I'll tie this into what we were just talking about. Yeah. One of the things I talked about at your your the the most recent was, um, you know, how can we maximize our potential? At, you know, performing anything, not yeah. just not just at your job. But how, and I know you're you're really big on winning, and and one of your friends, I, I can't remember his name, you know, winning is everything, and, and we talk about it. But so, how can we win at life, not just at, at business? And but how can you capitalize and maximize your potential as a human being? Right. And you know, I talk about um, you know corporate athlete, and and you know treating my team as if they're all athletes. You're all athletic. You're all corporate athletes, right? So how can we capitalize and maximize your potential through things that you have access to? Right. And and I, now I could go on for hours about about this, but um, well, I just want to make sure. So what Matt's talking about is it's it's another layer to his leadership style. So you already treat him like family. You already tell them how much you care about them to the point that you, you use the words, hey, I love you, I care about you, and I love you and I care about you enough to talk to you about this. This. Absolutely. What Matt's going to talk to you about, Absolutely. what he's going to explain. So, you know, so we, we, and we talk, my team, they'll chuckle if they listen to this, but we, we talk about this all the time. This is, when I talk about core values and culture, this is one inside my team. Sure. Is how do we simplify being a human being? And, and that's exactly how I say it. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about, you know, what, what is it, how do you survive? Yeah. Like what are the basic needs that you need to survive as a human being? And then how can we maximize those and apply it to what we do every day? Because, um, and let me go back. So when I was a driver, um, when I was a shred specialist, we, we would leave the office in the Hear how he keeps changing that. That's a framing thing. You've called yourself a driver twice and you changed it. Shred specialist. That's super cool. Again, framing. Make exactly. sure there's the more than to it. That's um, cool. And it's because I haven't called myself that so long. Yeah, but, um, but it's ingrained in you to change it immediately. Oh, I do right? immediately. Dude, yeah. like that's. I, I won't, um, you know, I don't call. We're all, I, I try to do it every time. Yeah. Especially when, so I'll get invited from operations to, to speak to them occasionally. Sure. And dude, I, I love, first I love it. Yeah. Because those are my people and I love to get them fired up. Oh, yeah. I'll, you'll never hear me call them a a driver or no. um, anyway. So when I was a shred specialist, <laughs> there we go. We used to, and actually I think the shred specialists are plant. We, we were called something else, but either way we would leave the office altogether mm-hmm. and everybody would go to speedway to fill up our trucks, get our speedy points. And then I find it extremely, and um, knowing it now, I find it extremely interesting, but we would all have similar routes in terms of uh, workload. Okay. It would all be similar. It'd be an eight-hour or a 12-hour day. Well, actually, we, we worked 10 to 12-hour days. Everybody's route would be equivalent to that. We'd go to the office, and, or I'm sorry, we'd go to Speedway in the morning, and then you would see who's grabbing the, the roller grill foods, the breakfast sandwiches, who's grabbing waters and, and sports drinks, and who's grabbing <laughs> big gulps of Coca-Cola yep. and, and throwing pounds of sugar and cream in their coffee. And then see their performance at the end of the day. Who's yeah. bringing back stops? Who's asking for help? Well, so I, I correlate that to our ability to be, um, you know, uh, you know, taking care of ourselves and, and having to pr- be to be able to perform at a high level. I, and um, when I open up the meeting at, at your thing, I, I put up one point five million dollars on the on the uh, the screen. I said, "What does this rep- What do you think this represents?" Yeah. And it represents what LeBron James spends on just taking care of himself. Yeah. 
And so people, you know, there's things that are free that we can do every day to capitalize on our performance. And that's what I talk about. And that's what I'm super passionate about. And I get really excited about it uh, with my team. And that's why we talk about it on a regular basis, because your performance matters. And there are things that you can do today, um, yep. you know, marginal gain, marginal improvement, 1% better. 1% better. 1% yep. better that you can do today, and you're going to perform better. So, like, when, when, when uh, someone on my team is fatigued or tired or, or they, um, they're wore out. And, again, my team's family, so they'll call me and they'll tell they'll cry. I have team members call me crying all wow. the time. And, um, and a lot of it is the environment that we're in. We're very stressful, high stressful environment that we're in right now. But, and, you know, we talk through that. And the first thing I say is, have, have, have you had enough water? Are you hydrated? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's so basic, you know. Dude, how many other uh, you entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, how many times when somebody brings you a problem or they're in a stressed out situation, do you ask them, like, seriously, yeah. are you hydrated? It's just like it's another. It's an. It's dude. It's it's second level. It's probably you know. It's advanced level leadership. Not only leadership, but just understanding of the human body and what it takes to perform. In you know, let's just say like chronic or unique scenarios. But no, go ahead. I think that's super so, cool. So it's it's um it's fascinating. It's fascinating to me. All of it is is really fascinating to me. But um because we're we're made up of electric energy right mm-hmm. like our, everything our muscle contractions electric energy our heartbeat our diaphragm you know the the impulse that our brain sends to breathe is all electrical energy and so emotions are tied to that there's a vibration and uh, i really don't want to throw this whole thing off but no. uh, you know there's a there's a there's universal laws right there's 50 of them we could talk about sure many uh, and some of our next episodes we'll talk about some we absolutely but will. we'll keep i'll keep this very basic i don't want to throw everyone off but you know if someone approaches you in a, in a uh you know hysterical state of mind or there's there's chaos i always tell people like it's almost like turn all the fans on in a room and sit there and try to have a conversation with someone that's yeah. what these moments are like how can we shut the fans down? How can we give you sensory rest and, and figure it out? So, so if you, so let's say for example, if you, if you called me frantic sure. and you're in a frantic state, I would, I would absolutely say, well, are you in front of your computer? What are you doing? Are you hydrated? Let's step outside because one of the basic things we need as a human being to function is oxygen. Mm-hmm. Are you breathing? What? How are you breathing? Breathing patterns, hydration. Rest, obviously, I could talk about rest, but these are the types of things as leaders yeah. that that um, maybe not in your world because you own your business and you can drive your own culture. But w- when you are in a large corporation, l- leaders are scared to do that. Yeah, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't. How are you going to get in trouble for asking your team member if they are they're hydrated? Um, and really kind of level setting their state of mind. And, and we were hyper-focused on those types of things. because like So here's another way I put it to people. If I said to you, Josh, Josh, I know a way that I can make your team produce 20%, 25% faster, better. Um, I know a way that I can reduce inflammation in your body. I know a way that... Uh, you know, no joint pain. I have the supplement I can give you that will solve all of these problems and I'll give it to you cheap. I'll give it to you for 29 bucks. You'd be like, dude, sign me up. Yeah. Because that, Every, that's forever, what, for everybody. Now, Give if I said to you, okay, I can do all of those things, but I can do it for free. Yeah. Absolutely free. You would probably say, oh, this is a scam. And I'll tell you, no, it's not. 
Yeah. And then I could, I literally, Josh, I'm, I'm super, I could talk to you about this for hours about the profound effect that earthing and grounding has had on me as a person. I know you're super into that. Yeah. When I, you brought it, it up at the last meeting, I, like it intrigued me enough. I did a little bit of research. On I, it. Yeah. I, I, so I discovered it. Um, I, honestly, I forget how I found it. Uh, someone had sent me. A documentary because people know I love this sure stuff. like health and wellness I, I could talk I love it and someone had sent it to me and I watched this documentary about it and uh, when you really think about the science behind it it's fascinating and it's free like vitamin D if, if you have high levels of vitamin D your body can absorb its nutrients 15 to 20 percent faster and better more efficient vitamin D is free yeah you get it from the sun yeah like Get out there, get your vitamin D, stay hydrated, and then um, cell, your cellular regeneration happens when you're resting. And and look, I don't want to, I know a lot of times this can contradict what a lot of people believe. Sure. I don't want to contradict anything because I think you always have to be hustling. I think those that are uh, really grinding, like you're doing your nine to five, and then from right. five to midnight, you're doing your other thing. It's important. If you want to build, I think you just said it. If you want to build, there's no, what did you say? If you're building, there's if no. There, if you're building, there's no. Uh, my goodness, she asked me too fast. Uh, if you're building, there is no balance. Yeah, there's no balance. Yep. Like work-life no balance. balance and this and that and the other. Right? There is, yeah, none. Um, so, so I don't want to contradict that statement, but rest is super important, and people tend to forget. And it's not sleep, and that's the other thing. People always think, well, I get eight hours of sleep. Well, that's yeah. not rest. Rest. There's there's seven types of rest, and um, one of the most important in my mind is sensory rest i think as a culture and now because things are just readily available right in right. your hands your phones your, phone. your laptops so, yep. yeah i read something and, and my wife and i we talked to that Brittany and i talked about this is you're and i can't remember exactly how it's said but today we consume um uh the same amount of uh i'm, I'm gonna butcher this but sure Today, we can consume the same amount of information in five minutes than our great-grandparents would consume in a year. That's insane. Because of our phone. You pick your phone up and just think of all the information that you can consume by scrolling through Facebook. Yep. Like, if I scroll through Facebook as soon as I wake up, I now know how seven people on my friends list, I know exactly yep. what they're doing, how they're You've doing. seen 30 ads. I've seen ads. Yep. I've seen pictures. I've listened to to TikTok videos all in five minutes yeah. where our great grandparents wouldn't consume that much information in a year or more. I've never heard that. That's crazy. Yeah. It, well, it's, it, it's crazy it makes sense. About. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny you say that. I mean, cause I want to hear about the other, um, like sensory, like the, the rest op, like what are they, what did you call them? Say it again. The other, um, relax or you said there's seven of them, seven types of rest, seven types of rest. I want to hear what's, what those are. I think it's important for, the audience to understand what they are because if you say rest to me, I'm thinking just sleep. FYI, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if at the end of the day the average person hears that, you say, "Hey, you got to rest," they're gonna say, "Hey, yeah, I, I get sleep. I do rest." Yeah. Um, but just understanding the types of rest and like sensory is big. And the reason I wanted to stop is because I've literally for the past like five days, probably longer than that, I've been telling people like, "Hey, I'm going to only be on social media." Um, when I'm sitting at my desk and it's on the tablet that's attached to my desk, I will not have Instagram or Facebook on my phone anymore. Yeah. Because even myself, and I don't consider myself like, you know, like the most disciplined, like highest performer in the world, but 
Like, I get shit done. I know that, right? right. But I, fi- I find myself, like, just aimlessly scrolling sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I it's will. just like, holy shit, did I notice, like, my mood's changing. And I'm like, I can't, like, I have to, I, I, I've, I've realized i got to stop this. Like, yeah. i got to figure out a solution. But well, there's, there's a biological response. <clears throat> so you think about scrolling through your phone. And, yeah. Um, you know, TikTok or whatever. And, look, all of those apps are fun. Like, they're, yep. they're, they're mindless and when you're bored, whatever. But they can become a problem, especially before you're trying to, to go to bed. Um, some of the other re- types of rest, though, um, is physical rest is obvious. Yep. That's sleeping, cellular regeneration. Like, I don't think people understand or have – and it's not that they don't understand. They probably just don't know sure. because they, they don't care. But I care because I, I love this stuff. But what happens to your body when you're actually asleep? And, and like, if you look it up, you would be like, oh, I should probably sleep more. <laughs> like, I should be intentional with my rest yeah. and my sleep. Um, so physical rest is very important. Your body regenerates, it, you know, cells. So, like, cancer is caused by cells being mutated. And I'm yeah. not saying sleeping is going to sure. cure cancer or it's going to prevent it. Now, it, it can. Um, it can certainly help. But your body regenerates its cells or, or heals your, cell, your cellular regeneration while you're sleeping. That's when your body does it. It's not when you're awake. It's wow. not when you're running. It's not when you're walking. It's when you sleep. Um, so, so physical rest. Uh, mental rest is another mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, obviously, uh, mental health is is far more talked about now than it ever than was. Ever has is, it, than yeah. it ever has been. Not even um, close, right? And, you know, as as men, and I still think, I still think women will talk about it more openly especially with the, the people that they care about and that sure. care about them. Men still really won't. Um, it's getting better. I, I, it's not as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, taboo. Taboo. Yeah. It's not as taboo yeah. now to talk about. But ment- mental rest is important, and that's simply just closing your eyes, right? Closing your eyes and, and really trying to think about, you know, things that aren't bothering you and, and just kind of be at peace and just mindless, right? So you got your physical, your mental, emotional rest. Um, you know, uh, emotional rest is exactly what it is. Like there's highs, really highs and, yeah. and really low lows and, and really kind of, and you know what? And I, I wish I had it on me, but it, it you know, no, I, yeah. So I, I think the point that I wanted to make, I want you know, going through all seven, I don't think it's necessary right now. We will go, we'll get to we'll, this. We could do it. We could do an episode on everyone. <laughs> we could do a whole episode and you could just talk and talk about it because I'm in, like, I'm enamored by this stuff, right? Like it's, it's mind blowing to me because I've never really researched it. I've researched like the way in which everything within the universe is connected. So when you talk about grounding and you talk about energy, we talked at the beginning of the show about how, you know, I used the term the universe aligned and we connected. Oh man. And I think that like, we kind of share those similar type things, like speak it into truth and, and visualize and understand like that, all that stuff. Like it actually really works. And, if you guys are listening, you think it's hocus pocus. I will tell you, it's I not. Would, it's I would fucking real. Yes, I, like, I would challenge them. Yeah, wake up every morning and read like an "I am" statement or "I will" statements about your life or your family, and like actually take the time to digest that and watch how your life changes. Like yeah. it, it will literally change. It's funny to me. Um, I thought about this the other day. I like I just looked around, right? Like I put shit on my Instagram or whatever. Like I complain about my wife, like putting up a Christmas tree, and she just had the Christmas lights put up. But dude, I caught myself. My neighbor, actually, he's, he's an awesome dude. He sent me a picture. He's like, Payne, this is going to cost me a lot of money. Your house looks great. And, you know, I was just like, oh, that's cool. You know, I, he, he liked it. But I found myself, I think I was at the gym or something. I was like, oh, that was cool. He sent me that text. And I thought to myself, man, 
I like I literally remember like seeing like kind of like my house ten years ago and yeah. thinking to myself, this is the shit that I'll have. Yeah. And now like it's here, you don't even realize it happens. It's like oh. Cool. I, I'm just That's, achieving it. Yeah, you forget. Yeah, like you said I, in the beginning, you just forget. Like so, when I would service, when I was you know providing the service and actually going yeah. to accounts, I remember watching these people in cubes, and I thought, man, they're so lucky. Yeah. What do they do that they get to like? And they they decorate their cubes. Like, how cool would it be to have a cube that I could put pictures of my kids? Oh and, yeah. Like, and I'm and I wanted it so. You don't have bad. to sweat your ass off all day. Yeah. And yeah. I'm out and I'm out in the elements. It's cold. I'm I'm soaking wet oh, in, yeah. in the rain or it's freezing cold. And we we would service like we took a lot of pride and we're not we're not not servicing our customers right. Um, but I would see these people and, and then it was like, I got to that. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't think, you know, how can I get at, now I'm looking at the other leader's office, the one with the mahogany desk, oh, yeah. right? The name tag on the outside and the one who's running the meetings. And I'm like, well, how can I get to that? Mm-hmm. And then you get to that. And then, um, and, and really taking, so this year alone, I've really been hyper-focused on reflection. Okay. Like really leaning into like, you know, not it's, for guys like us, and I, I hate to generalize the statement, sure. but think of the community that we came from. And I'm not—we didn't have a bad community. I, I'm not saying you're talking about like how where we where we grew up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you could have a low-income family, a middle-income family, and a high-level-income family all at the same school. Mm-hmm. We would all go to the same school, and and we came from a community, a very diverse community, yep. right? And then, but looking at how did we got to where we are? And again, I'm not saying that I'm this hyper successful loaded individual. Well, let's be very clear in comparison to a lot of, you know, to most you are right. right. So don't downplay that. Right. Don't, no, and don't speak that into the universe, dude. No. Well, what I mean is, is, um, this year, uh, actually it, it was February 21st. I can tell you the exact date. I made a decision that I was going to be, this was going to be a transformational year for me. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I was going to tap into all of it. And, and part of that, just recently, I, we had some family pictures done, and I was looking at them, and I was just like, almost teary-eyed. Like, wow. I, I finally need to sit down and actually reflect on sure. on what it is. Like, I'm so fortunate and, and blessed uh, to do that, and you know, focusing, reflecting on how I got there. It's so easy to forget. Yeah, so easy to forget. Well, I think that. I think when you were in town the last time, we were at, I think we were out having a drink or something. And I said, dude, like, I'm sick as hell. I don't feel good. I'm exhausted. And I said, I think I just need to slow down. Like, and you were like, yeah, dude, like, take some time, like, just chill. Chill. Take a look back, like, be proud of what you had. You don't always have to go, 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 go. Yeah. Well, I think so. We tend, so highly successful people tend to treat themselves like a supercomputer. Yeah. And, and I talk about this with my team because it's funny. We'll, we'll get on these one on one. I do one on ones with my team two times a week. Um, and we'll get on there and they'll share their screen and they got 35 windows open. Oh yeah. I'm like, how are you being efficient in anything when you have all of this going on? I really want you as your leader, I want you to slow down. Let's focus on what we can control. Right. And, um, and kind of move on like, you know, less, sometimes less is more. Less can be more effective. Yeah. 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 Because, and again, this goes back to, you know, your, your performance is if you're overwhelmed with tasks, then you're not doing any one of them really good no 100 percent. and i know that could be another contradictory statement no but but yeah not to me though i think it was like a week or two ago i'm looking at marissa i think 
I asked her to put on a template or on a post. It was like uh, multitasking is bullshit, right? Like there's no way anyone in the world can multitask and be the best at everything they're multitasking. It's bullshit. And then the whole time that you're trying to do that, you're wearing yourself down. Yes. You're developing bad habits. Your 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 mental processes are slow. uh, Product because you were rushed or you waited to the last minute because you were doing, (coughs) you know, you were doing 15 other things. Um, now I'm not going to say that you can't. You you got to be good at being able to multitask, but really at some point you got to like focus on what's important, prioritize your day, and uh, focus on what's what's important. Well, it's situational awareness, right? Like there are times that you have to multitask. I think, you know. Some people take everything you say so literally, right? I so I remember posting that like, oh well, I mean, I got to multitask. Like I have to, you know, I got to put yeah. the, you know, put the kid to bed and figure out what's going to dinner. Blah blah blah. I'm like, what the fuck I'm talking about? Like yeah. you're obviously, hey, you know, simpleton. Like I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is basically what you just said, just more direct or you know, you know, a little bit more blunt. Is like sometimes you have to understand what's actually important, and if you want to be the best, understand that you can't fill your brain with. 35 fucking open tabs. Like, Here's what I Being cognizant of that. Um, when a plane's going down, what, what's the first thing they tell you to do? When, the, o- when the oxygen... Well, when put the, the oxygen oxy- mask on, yeah. They say put it on... I'm going to have a fucking heart attack as soon as it starts <laughs> to go down, so I, I'm out. But anyway, yeah. But, put the but oxygen the, mask they, on. They say put it on before you help someone else. Right. Like, sometimes you got to put the oxygen mask on, dude. Yeah. Like, slow down. you got to focus on you so that you can perform at a high level and, um, you know, you can perform at a high level longer. Yeah. You know, that's gold. Hey, I want to, so you, you, you hit on something about like your progression, um, you know, from like where you started within the company just how you like you've grown to where you are now. I do. I'm just curious. Like, were you ever the type that was like, man, like I'm making like 35,000 a year right now. When I make 50, I'm going to be happy. thousand percent. And then you make 50 and you're like, dude, when I make like a hundred, I'm gonna be fucking loaded. And then you make a hundred, you're like this, dude. I, it's is, never enough. Okay, I just want to make sure. Like, so, so sometimes I'm like, yeah. is this yeah. ever going to stop? I, I My remember. wife was always like, dude, you're never going to stop. Like, just stop fucking yeah. throwing numbers I, around. Like, again, this year I, I've really <coughs> reflection again, like yeah. trying to look back. But I remember the first time I got a salary job, I was like, babe. We made it. (laughs) Little did I know that like I was going to be working three times as hard, twice the responsibility. Uh, But at that time, and it was forty thousand dollars. I'll be the first to tell you. I was like, "Holy smokes, dude! Like, we're Christmas is going to be fire." Oh yeah. And then as as life progresses and you have more kids, and it's never enough. I don't care how much you save. I don't care. um, You know, it'll never be enough until you know. To the day you don't, but it's not about the money. I, it, my point in asking that wasn't like, hey, dude, are you ever satisfied with the amount of money you're making? Like, I don't think anybody, I would say most high level performers really struggle with ever saying, I've made enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you yeah. take, you know, you take like the money and you turn it into calls and you've turned it into like your mission. And, you know, you can't like, you can't help people. Um, actually, like achieve their goals and make an impact without mm-hmm. money. Let's be honest; like yeah, money yeah, yeah. is a taboo subject, but you can't really be like a force, uh, you know, of nature in like helping people if you don't have the funds to be able to yeah. do it, right? So, I think that I just want to make that clear. But no, the reason I ask that is just because I I think that sometimes as entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, we think that there's like an end goal, mm-hmm. or we think that like once we get here, we'll be we'll be okay. Just like you making your way through the ranks. I know where you are right now. You're not happy, 
right? You're always looking for like, what's the next opportunity? What, right, where, right. How can I make a better impact? Yeah. Same thing with money. What's the next, what's the next steps? How do I get to the next level? Um, and what I've realized recently is that like, dude, I used to think to myself, man, once, you know, once I get to six companies and I'm making X, I'll be able to go sit on a beach and like just right. chill with my wife and my kids. And I'm like, live the dream, dude. Yeah. It's like living the dream. And my wife would be the first to tell you, like, I would probably drive myself crazy <laughs> because she's like, what are you going to do? You're going to sit there for a day or two. And then you're going to be like walking around, driving yeah. everybody crazy. What can I do? Like you got to stay busy. Yeah. So for like, for everybody who's listening, there's not really an end. Do you know uh, what I'm saying? Like, I, would you agree with that? Yeah, like, no, I think what it is, um, is again, what is your passion first and foremost? Like, yeah. what are you truly passionate about? Because, um, you know, you do it with intention, figure out what it is and focus on it with intention. And, and you're right. It's not all about money. I, and, um, you know, the level, so my thing is level of impact. How can I impact more people? Yeah. You know, because that's what I, I like that. And, and there's no money involved in that. Sure. Just to, if I can have an impact, they're not paying me to impact them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, they'll never, until I am like the president of the United States and I can impact millions of people, then I will not be satisfied. I don't want to be the president. I don't want to get in politics. I wish you I'm were saying, now. I'm saying in that, in that, uh, in that capacity, you know, and, and really kind of leaning into, you know, what is it that drives you? It goes back to yeah. your why and all that. But, um, no, I, I don't know that there ever is an end game for me. Yeah. You know, I will tell you, uh, you know, when people, when, I always read those things when they like, they talk to the people on their deathbed and like, yeah. what do you wish you did more? And it's, it's, it's never what we're talking about. It's no. always like, well, I wish I would have went to the beach and, yeah. and did that more. More and time like with that. family. So, right? so I am hyper-focused on that. Yeah. Like how, how can I blend that into my life now? Which, which I do, uh, I try to do a really good job at doing those things and, you know, with my kids and my wife today. Well, you do it now. I think that's important for people to understand. Like you, you, we just said there's no balance when you're building, which I think is true, but like I do, I do believe you have to find a way to satisfy like, you know, those yeah. innate wants well, as a human being. I told being. you that it can be a contradicting statement, right? Yeah. We're, we're, so, um, well, I think, and I forget who's, who told me this one day, but, uh, it, it's kind of funny. He's like, dude, when my parents die, I, they have nothing for me. Yeah. He's like, they're not giving me anything. And he said, and that's because they're living their life now. Like they're not waiting until retirement to go on these vacations. And like, it's not their responsibility. And I'm not saying that I believe this or that this is sure. my belief, but their, his parents said, it's not my responsibility that when we die, that you're okay. That's your responsibility yeah. to develop and build your life while, while you go through it. We're not going to take a back seat and save all of this money to give it to you. We're going to go on the trips. We're going to do these things. You know, you're an adult now, so we're going now. We're not going to wait. You know what I mean? That's an interesting perspective. Like, you know, I, I don't know, dude, that makes me kind of open my eyes a little bit. Like, because you know, I'm, I'm focused on like making sure my kids are set up. And like, if I die, like everybody, it's like, you know, what do people say? Like, you know, people say like, they never love you more or they don't care about you. They never cared about you more until they're, they're staring at you at your funeral. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like how can we create that? in our everyday lives now. Like, and you do it like based on what, what your buddy said, like, Hey, my parents are living their lives now. They're creating memories for me. What yeah. they're leaving me with are memories. memories. Yeah. Exactly. And so lessons. They, like, so it's, it's a different type of, yeah. Brit Brittany and I super cool. are very passionate about like, take the trip, just do the trip. It yeah. doesn't matter if like, it's going to be this, not all trips have to be these glamorous sure. big trips, but take the trip. Yeah. And we encourage others to do it. Like, Hey, just take the trip. Live life in the Figure now. Figure it out. Like, 
go do something. Yeah. So, dude, we've kind of went all over the place here. Right? I could keep going. I know. We're probably no, think, at time. <laughs> like I've said, you know, guys, Matt's going to be back on the show. You know, he may even be just like kind of a, a centralized figure where he's on here quite often. I think that'd be super cool. Um, if you can't tell, both of us are very passionate about like leadership and helping people. And, you know, my hope is that from Matt telling you how you need to like genuinely care and love your team to Matt talking about some of the hippie stuff of grounding dude, and, you know, and stuff like that, dude, it all comes from like the, the best place of just wanting to pour into others and to make your team be the absolute best that they can be. Absolutely. So like my challenge to everybody listening is like, take a deep look at how you're actually leading. Are you leading like this guy is? Are you, do you care enough to ask them, you know, how hydrated they are? Do you give a shit to tell them how much you love them and care about them and, and actually mean it? Yeah. You the, know what I'm saying? Like the biggest thing is with, with the genuine heart, like you got to be genuine. And if you're disingenuous, people will see right through it. No doubt. And it can't be like you flipped a switch. Like you can't be an asshole on Friday. Yeah. And then on Monday, it's like, who the hell are you? This is bullshit. People know. Yeah. And then they really, then, really work on it. And then they, then they don't like you even more. Yeah. They know because they know genuine. it's fake. Yeah. yeah. So I've always done it. Dude, I appreciate being here. No, I appreciate it. You're not super active on Instagram or Facebook. Facebook's no. just your you know name. It's, it's funny. You, you said uh, people take everything you say literally when you yeah. post. That's the only reason I haven't. So I need to do better. You need to start posting because you're full. You're full of knowledge and insight I that I guarantee you. People who listen to this have a, you know probably a page worth of little nuggets to take away, um, and you should be proud of that. Oh, I got and, plenty and more. And we did, we're just getting started. Want to pour I have so much it. more for you? What, what is your Instagram <laughs> handle? Because we're gonna start blowing. I don't even that know up. what it is. We will tag it in the show notes, right, Marissa? Yeah. Can we do that? You can put his his, his uh, Instagram in the show notes. Um, I, don't even, I really I don't even know what it is. No, I don't know. <laughs> this guy is so focused on being a fucking badass leader. He's like, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what, what's Instagram, right? Yeah. I, I know. So it's funny. My Instagram is tied to my Facebook. And anytime. Oh, here we go. Thank you. It's uh, Matt Engel underscore. So basic. Wow. M-A-T-T-E-N-G-L-E underscore. I'm not quite sure how you, how you forgot that, but... Uh, Hey guys, give Matt a follow. He's a badass. He's a badass husband. He's a badass father. Uh, and he's a badass leader of this team. So hit him up. I'm sure they can message you, ask questions. And like I said, this won't be the last time you hear Matt. Thanks, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the More Than Entrepreneur podcast. Be sure to follow Josh on Instagram at the underscore Josh Payne and subscribe to never miss a podcast by visiting thejoshpain.com.